here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. to the Brit Rest Roundtable number nine. Um, this evening with me are Rob Reed. Hello. And Ollie Course. Hey there. And I'm Arnold Furious. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat this evening about uh, the upcoming uh, Rev Pro show, High Stakes. Uh, the five-star wrestling tour, which is taking place this month. And we're going to have a little bit of an awards thing where we, uh, we have a bit of a chat about the best of uh, 2015. Um, but we're going to kick it off with uh, with a bit of Rev Pro chatter. Uh, so I'm going to hand over to Ollie for a preview of High Stakes in your call. Yeah, High Stakes. Uh, it's one of our uh, triannual uh, York Hall shows happening on the 16th of January. Uh, the last one was the New Japan Co Show Uprising, um, which was a blast. And like they've been, all these shows have been really, really good. So and the card again looks uh, like. They will be continuing that sort of theme trend for high stakes. Uh, no Japan guys here. Um, well, <laughs> I would say there's one new Japan guy, but uh, not anymore. No, so... we're straight into it. <laughs> straight into <laughs> it. Um, but it's it's still there's still plenty of imports, high quality imports as well as the best of the British wrestlers. Um, so let's get into well before we get into the card, we'll uh, touch on. They had a live at the cockpit taping for their YouTube show, Rev Pro TV, um, on the 3rd of January. And that was main evented by Will Ospreay versus ACH. Uh, we won't go into the match results uh, on here because we will wait for the YouTube show to actually happen and review the matches after that. There was I also did hear the... it was very good, though. Oh, yeah. The card looked really good. Um, from what I heard, that, that Ospreay-ACH match was really strong. And there was a Cruiserweight Championship tournament for guys El Leguero, Pete Dunne, Flash Morgan Webster, and Josh Bodum. And that title may or may not be defended on high stakes yet. We don't know yet. So let's get into the card. Uh, a match just announced today was the Revolutionists, Charles Samuels, James Castle, and Josh Bodum versus Jimmy Havoc's stable against them, entitled The Lost Souls. He got T-Bone in as his partner at Live at the Cockpit, and he's going to have a third mystery partner, 
or a second mystery partner even, against the revolutionists at high stakes. What do we think of this match, guys? Well, I'm glad they've uh, actually managed to continue the feud because that uh, they had a lot of heat with that uh, Bodum-Havoc uh, feud. And we were kind of thinking, well, is it going to be like, that's it? You know, the final, the, the hardcore match they had at, uh, is Uprising. Uh, was that going to be it? Or were they going to like do something else? And it kind of felt like they'd just kind of killed it off straight away. But um, obviously not. You know, Havoc's come back having lost that match and uh, he's bringing his boys with him. Yeah, because the way they, um, the th- the way the finish of the uprising match played out was that Havoc was on top, but then lost to the numbers game. So you know, it's a logical pr- progression for Havoc to bring in back up here. I do like logic. Log- logic in wrestling is nice, but um, <laughs> it's a rarity. <laughs> doesn't occur enough. Um, but as for who he's brought in, um, T Bone doesn't really do a lot. I've only ever seen T-Bone live, I think, three times. Um, he's typically more of like a brawler. I think this is a no-DQ match, by the way. So he does fit that style of match well. I saw him throw Clint Margera down a bunch of stairs. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he can work that style of match. Um, and he fits in with Jimmy Havoc's uh, gimmick. It's funny to see Jimmy Havoc have friends and like be the babyface in this situation. Because uh, that's such like a a thing that he's not typically cast as, so a bit of a role reversal for Havoc. So bringing in T Bone, we'll see how that goes. Who do we think could be the the third guy, the third man? The the two guys I've seen um, thrown out there as potential options are uh, firstly Rampage Brown. Um, he's a guy who's worked Rev Pro before and you know hasn't been there for a while, uh, and um, up in PCW, uh, is a regular partner for T-Bone yeah. uh, as part of Team Single. Um, so so that that would make sense there, and he'd also fit well into like the, the brawling style match. So he could kind of fit in that, that sort of way. But um, another guy that's been brought up, might have actually been me who brought them up, so, <laughs> um, but uh, another guy I've seen brought up, um, is Paul Robinson, um, another guy who worked in Red Pro a few years well, ago. I almost said Paul Robinson when, when Ollie threw it out there. I was almost going to go, well, Paul Robinson would kind of make sense. Mm. But, um, I'd, I'd pr- probably prefer Rampage just because it wouldn't be such a, you know, Havoc and Robinson wouldn't be such a, like a progress retread. I think it'd be uh, different to do, uh, sorry, nice to do something different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as as, a, as just a wrestler, I think I actually prefer Robinson, but um, I think Evil would be good options here. Um, obviously, you, you you do have to kind of differentiate it, it from um, regression if if it does end up being Robinson, mm. because um, you you don't want to you don't want uh, RPW to end up being progress six months behind and, <laughs> uh, in terms of their storylines. Um, so you used to get that a lot on the indies when uh, Ring of Honor first came out. Um, they would be doing like radically new storylines and they'd had the whole uh, like CM Punk uh, straight edge thing going up against Raven and before you knew it, like every other little indie promotion was booking CM Punk versus Raven just because it had worked there. Um, so you you don't want to be seen as that that promotion that isn't innovating but rather imitating because that doesn't work out for it. I, I can't even remember the names of any of the promotions that did it. That will give you an idea of how well they did afterwards. 
And I think Rogue Pro is better than that. Yeah, yeah. Do we think that this could be the blow-off to the story? I mean, they haven't really hyped it as much as they hyped the Havoc Bodum singles match, which was like really took over their YouTube show in the lead-up to Uprising. Here, it's they've sort of petered out a bit. Is this a reignition of a feud or the end of it? I think it's still got mileage. There's, there's a lot of potential. I mean, I mean, they haven't actually like had a YouTube show <laughs> for most of the, the intervening time. Um, that's kind of dropped off the radar. I imagine it's set to come back relatively soon. What with the the latest cockpit taping, but um, who knows there? Um, but it, it does feel like a, another step on the on on the road for these these guys. Um, should be a should be a fairly fun match, but uh, definitely not one that the the whole card's hinging on really mm. in terms of quality. It will probably slot in in the same place as the Havoc Bodum match did on the Uprising card as like a big brawl, a car crash, um, like to get to break the, card the crowd, get the crowd riled up towards the end of the show. Um, moving on now to the next match, uh, Colt Cabana versus Doug Williams. This is a pretty interesting match. Um, in the, it's not too like, like inform, hot stars, I guess, on the indies. It's more older guys. Uh, but Cabana acquitted himself very well recently in Noah, uh, in the tag team with Chris Hero, and Doug Williams is still wrestling Wait, very Hero, well. Hero did a lot of legwork in that. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, Cabana stepped up, especially in the Tag Team Championship match. He did his little, little, big Osai Musolt, and yeah, he was good. And Williams has been wrestling well for RPW and ICW recently, so even though it's not, like, two, like, Twitter popular guys, <laughs> it's it's still an interesting match. It, it, I don't think it's going to have a big place on the card. It'll be an undercard match. It'll but be interesting to see how, how they go with this because um, Cabana's a lot, uh, much better technical wrestler than he kind of lets on because he does so much comedy stuff that you kind of forget how mm. technically good he is. And at the same time, Doug is always known as being a technician, but he's actually really funny as well. So it'll kind of depend which way the match goes. Um, I think Cabana tends to lean on that uh, comedy crutch a bit too hard, but um, if they really want to, they could have a really solid match here. Yeah, um, but uh, I don't really get into Cabana's comedy too much. Um, it, it just doesn't usually do a lot for me. I know I know a lot of people love it, and uh, he's he's made a good living off it, but um, it, it's definitely not for me. Well, but, um, I've, sorry, Rob, I'm interrupting you there. The, um, the thing with uh, Cabana is like, I've, I've been in uh, cars with wrestlers on, on various road trips all over the place. And by far the, the best one in terms of like journeys and how entertaining he was, uh, Cabana was at top just because of he kept uh, kept the energy going and, you know, didn't want to let the driver fall asleep and he was trying <laughs> to, you know, telling stories and stuff. And, um, yeah, he's a lot of fun to be around. That's that's who he is. So I've I've always got a like a, a soft spot for him just because, you know, he's he's an entertaining guy. And he's a nice chap in person, and he's had good stuff in Rev Pro before. Um, uh, he he was more legitimate when he was their heavyweight champion and then turned to the comedy stuff against Gideon Gray. Um, but he's always performed really well in the York Hall. So 
Yeah, I expect good things from this one. It's not going to blow anyone away, but I think it will be better than people may expect. Um, moving on to the next match, Big Demo versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, Big Demo um, hasn't had the best winning uh, percentage at the York Hall, but he'll look to turn it around against another import, a non-Japan import, in Mike Bailey. Another big guy versus little guy matchup for Bailey. It's a big contrast in terms of uh, size. Uh, Mike Bailey's a tiny, tiny man, and Damo is a, a looks like he's come out from under a bridge somewhere <laughs> and is about to club someone's brains in. And uh, the 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 difference in size is going to be quite alarming. But then that's kind of what Bailey does. He, he does play a good underdog. And uh, Damo's no mug himself, so uh, that, again, that should be alright. What do you think, Rob? Bailey's definitely one of the funnest wrestlers to watch on the indies um, at the moment. Uh, he's he he's so good at that underdog role. Um, I I think I think we've all seen Bowler at this point. Um, I haven't, but I was expecting to watch it over Christmas, but the DVDs are still. Achingly close. <laughs> um, okay. Um, well, he has a terrific match with um, Drew, Galloway. Drew Galloway on there. Uh, fantastic uh, big guy versus little guy match, which for me is the the best use of Galloway's size that he's uh, so far on this indie run that he's had. Um, and this this could, you know, it has potential to be uh, of a similar ilk. Um, Damo is obviously huge, as you've mentioned, and uh, in general, he plays the the big guy role uh, very well. Although sometimes I feel his his heat segments can get a little uh, repetitive and boring. Um, but but Bailey's so good at um, being underneath and um, fight fighting from underneath that uh, it, it's a match I'm very much looking forward to. Damo's also hugely charismatic, so he'll work with Bailey in that regard really well. I think they'll mesh very well in like uh, chatting shit to each other and generally getting the crowd. Well, that means somebody's getting banged. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so yeah, that that match could really be a highlight of the show. Um, moving on to the next match, another singles uh, between a British guy and an import. Mark Haskins taking on uh. Jay Lethal, fresh from the Tokyo Dome. Uh, is he bringing truth with him, or is he just solo? <laughs> we don't know yet. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Where, when he's wrestling a clean match, he's a lot better. You know, he proved against you know AJ at, at Final Battle just how great a match he can have. Um, if it's not you know buried in interference. Um, and it you could, it, it's not a a, a comparison that you, you hear a lot, but uh, Mark Haskins kind of has a similar sort of style to AJ. Um, so I could definitely see these two guys meshing really well. Well, Haskins has been on a roll recently. I mean, the, the last six months, the way that he's um, just improved the, the range of technical stuff that he's doing, um, I, I can see this being a, a show stealer. And that's saying something with the the two matches that follow it. But that, that's how good Haskins has been recently. Mm, these two guys should and probably will mesh really well together. They're both 
like high quality indie work rate guys. Um, I, again, I would prefer if Chief Martini stayed home on this one because, um, yeah, he tends to ruin Lethal's matches a bit <laughs> by interfering. Um, I think it was Joe Lanza who said um, that the, the Rest Kingdom card would have been perfect had it not been for the swing of the Book of Truth that kind of killed the lethal Elgin match there. Um, Haskins also hasn't really had the best luck in against imports in Rev Pro. Do you think he might get the win here, or is lethal staff? I, I would hope it's it's his time. Um, the, the way that he's improving, uh, the way that he's really making that that body of work, it's making him almost impossible to ignore. And he's certainly getting that kind of almost there uh, push in progress. And um, I think Rev Pro would be daft not to get on board with that. Mm. Although he's not really had a, a complete blow-away match in, in Rev Pro, so this could be the one. Yeah, if this match gets time, it could be seriously good. The, the only problem could be is whether Lethal is allowed to, to drop a fall or, you know, lets Rev Pro let him lose. Um, he's kind of... He's not quite the the top top level indie star like a like a Styles that you know you you're not seeing him it, lose anywhere. Yeah, it could it could to. be that Ring of Honor would would not want him to take yeah. the loss, mm. uh, which I could totally understand because he's the champ. But then Adam Adam Cole dropped. Uh, he lost his match to Prince Devitt, um in 2014 when they had a match at the York Hall. So there's a there's a history of a Ring of Honor champion losing here. But Devitt was, you know, under contract in New Japan at the time. And True. They're kind of friends, so yeah. I know ev- everyone's kind of part of the same thing because Red Pro are kind of in with that same group. But um, I don't know if that would possibly be a, a job too far for Ring of Honor's I mean, liking. Jay Lethal will be losing in the UK in that week, because, you know, earlier on in the week, he'll be facing Rey Mysterio. Well, I assume he'll be losing to Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Who knows? But, um, <laughs> I'd be surprised. Uh, if maybe you... not. Uh, you, you, you'd expect so. You'd expect so. So, if, he, if he's taking one loss, does that mean since he's allowed to take losses in the UK, he'll lose again? Or does it mean they won't want him taking two losses? I guess you can look at it both I ways. think, um, potentially, with New Japan... They consider Rev Pro canon because they sort of work with them. They promoted the shows with them. Ring of Honor may just be like, uh, it's another universe. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, it, it definitely feels like a toss up, and having some unpredictability on a, on the the upper end of a card is always good to see. I, um, I think it all comes down to whether uh, New Japan or Ring of Honor have any interest in in Haskins and what and whether they're going to plan on using him at any point mm. in the future as to how this would pan out. So in that respect, it's also very interesting in how the finish comes out. Mm. Well, I hear there's some room on the New Japan cards now, so maybe a British guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be a bad, uh, bad choice. Uh, moving like on. Junior ranks are thinning out. <laughs> Moving on to the number one contendership match, presumably the semi-main event of the card. Um, it's the big one. Marty Skull versus Will Ospreay. So big, it's happening twice in one month. Well, this is always a good match, so I, I can totally understand both 
uh, RevPro and Progress booking it because, I mean, you can't go wrong with it. It's always going to be good. It's pretty much guaranteed to be up in the like four-star range, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, unless you have some kind of screw job finish planned, then it's it's two guys who are really good wrestling against each other. They know which of the spots. Um, it should be really good in, on both occasions. So that kind of counts as a progress preview as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this follows on from the triple threat match they had at Uprising with AJ Styles. Um, Skull took the pin there, and Osprey is sort of the one getting bit Osprey up. took the pin there. Did he? Yeah, Osprey. I, oh, I can't remember anymore. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. So <laughs> Osprey... Osprey took the pin. Um, it seems like Osprey's the one sort of getting groomed for the championship here. Um, so I would probably throw my weight behind Osprey here. What do you guys think? I can totally see that, yeah. Yeah. It Skull's like already held the championship yeah. and he held it for a long time. Um Osprey definitely feels like the the logical next champion or well, the the champion after either Styles or Zack, um depending on the result of the main event. Um and the the next long term British champion. So, um him winning here would definitely make sense and um Kind of, kind of get him his his win back after dropping the fall in the triple threat. Yeah, I don't really have much more to say about this one other than it's going to be a blast. Like, it's sort of the money match on the British scene right now. It's the two top guys, the two most popular guys. You could maybe throw Haskins in there, but as in terms of like characters and um, fan support, it's probably Skull and Osprey one and two. So it's an interesting match to see and understandable but both uh big companies in England at least uh booked it. I think uh over in progress you're looking at Skull is sort of on the way up there, the the way they've built his character up he's changed and he's showing like a, an upward turn. Uh in RevPro it's more the other way. I think he's kind of on the decline a little bit and perhaps they they're gonna find him something else to do. He might get dragged into the the whole uh, revolutionist versus lost souls thing, possibly, depending on how that uh, that havoc group turns out. That might be an option for them. Certainly. Um, moving on to the main event, uh, AJ Styles, the champion, versus Zack Sabre Jr. It's a dream match. It's a match that's probably only going to happen this one time. Um, In England. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but <laughs> what do we want to say about this one? Just a crazy match to see live. I, I had this pegged as as like an AJ Styles defense. Like I, I thought he'd come through this one clean a week ago. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, we're recording this on the on the fifth of January, and there's been a lot of news. Uh, a lot of heavy, heavy news coming through in the past, like, 24 hours um, that makes it difficult to, to see how this is going to pan out, really. Um, do, do we assume that AJ is dropping the belt here? I mean... Is, is that a safe assumption, do we think? I mean... If not to Zack through some other nefarious means... I can't see him leaving the show as champion. It does look unlikely, doesn't it? Like, 
the next time he'd be here would be June. Uh, he's, he's not, not going to be here in June. I can understand. I know um, part of the WWE recently they've they've allowed people to finish up their indie dates, but that would be six months from now. And if he yeah. was turning around and saying, "Oh, I've got a date in June," they'd have been like, "No, you're not doing that." So, yeah, I can I can see him losing the belt here. But then Saber Junior as well just left Noah and is now a free agent. Is he going to be here in June? We, we don't know where he's going. So uh, <laughs> they've they've kind of ended up painting themselves into a corner completely it, inadvertently. I think um, they probably didn't expect what happened today and yesterday to happen. <laughs> no one did. Um, it was so... a bit of a shock. A bit of a shocker. I don't know. It's... One thing maybe that could happen is you know you've got a number one contendership yeah. match probably just going on before it, you could have, say, Styles defend it successfully and then either Skirl or Osprey come out, challenge them for the, you know, they both already wrestled earlier in the night, um, and then ha- have the title change there. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely with you. Before, I, if, if, I, if I didn't know that Styles was going elsewhere, this would definitely feel like, a, you know, a big defence for, for Styles. But a defense. Um, that's obviously all changed with everyone basically knowing that uh, he's going to NXT. And um... uh, well, probably the main roster, I would have said, because the, the the rumor has it. I don't know whether you, I mean this is all rumors at this point. Strong rumors, but rumors that um, that they've offered him big money to go there, and big money won't mean NXT. It'll mean straight onto the main roster. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And he is a big enough name for that to, to occur. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do expect him to at least make a few stop-offs at uh, NXT. May, maybe simultaneously with um, the main roster. Because you, you do th- st- a lot of people still think of NXT as developmental. But if you, you're looking at the, the numbers they were doing just recently for the, for the London show, um, I mean, they're 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 big money events. Um, but it's like ten k. But isn't yeah. It? Anyway, anyway, uh, stars. <laughs> yeah, totally sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> totally sidetracked. Uh, stars is leaving. Uh, probably won't be working any more Red Pro dates after this. Uh, I'd be very surprised if he did. Um, and because of that, would they want to put this the title onto Zach? Um. It, it definitely doesn't come across as the plan. Zach hasn't really been a regular for Rev Pro um, in in quite a while, but um, you you could see uh, Zach getting a reign here. I mean, I, I could see Zach getting a short reign here. Mm. Even uh, if he just has to, uh, what's it called? <laughs> um, vacate the belt. That could be an option. Oh, I hate. Yeah, it's all it's awful. Well, they, but they it just happens. had Andrew Everett they just, vacate yeah. the. the, the <laughs> cruiserweight belt so it's like do they really want that to happen again I think they've probably got something in mind for this show you so. could put um, Skull and Osprey on first and then have whoever wins say they want to be in the match tonight and turn it into another triple threat possibly even have a, a like a double disqualification or something like some kind of <laughs> double double count out and then oh, put God. both in it <laughs> Put all, all of them in the uh, main event, all four of them. 
yeah. I mean, that would be a bit of a spectacle. Yeah. Well, they're going to do something, so they might as well have fun with it. So, yeah, it's one thing to get excited about is, like, there's so much unpredictability surrounding the heavyweight championship is that <laughs> no one really knows what's going to happen by the end of the night. No one really knows what's going to happen by the end of the year. This is going to be a crazy year for British wrestling and wrestling in, in the whole world, just because all these moves and shakes and... It's been a crazy week. <laughs> and we've only got one week into the year and it's just been <laughs> more upheaval in like five days than, than almost an entire mm. 12 months that preceded it. So, yeah, Wait, anything can happen. Anything can happen at high stakes. Anything can happen in wrestling. So, yeah, that's high stakes. It's an exciting card. Uh, no Japanese guys for the first time in a while. But I don't think the quality of the show is going to dip because of that. It should be a hot show. And we'll probably be reviewing it uh, sooner rather than later on this podcast. So looking forward to that. Oh, I'm gutted I'm missing this show. Um, not because there's no Japanese talent on there. That is completely coincidental. Uh, but I have stuff to do. My brother's over from the States. So um, I'm doing a, a family thing. I, I will not be there. Uh, so yeah. I, I need like spoiler alerts like as soon as they <laughs> happen. So text them over <laughs> I'll be in the same boat I've actually got a, an exam the day of the show which is which was crush, crushing when I uh, finally looked at my uh, exam timetable and went what I've got an exam on a Saturday oh Ugh. god that's the 16th same date can't go to this one then that's outrageous but, uh, there should be a law against that I do have a ticket yeah. but I also have two essays so we'll find out which one wins <laughs> in that feud Sounds like a good feud. You could write it on the way there. <laughs> yeah, just write it on the train before. I'm sure it'll turn out okay. <laughs> right, so um, moving on. Um, uh, that uh, The High Stakes show is January 16th, and uh, in the, the week preceding, uh, in the earlier in the, that week, there's going to be um, the, the rest of the Five Star Wrestling Tour, which is also sponsoring um, uh, Red Pro High Stakes. Um, that that's three shows, um, three big shows that we we touched on a bit uh, a few episodes ago, uh, taking place in huge arenas. Um, <laughs> and we were kind of apprehensive on whether they would go. Uh, on. we buried them. <laughs> yeah, um, we've all seen like. Big shows in the UK be announced and then fall through, and you know sometimes people didn't get refunded and such. So, so we 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 definitely um, told people to to be cautious. Purchase tickets with caution. Um, since then, we we we've talked to the guy who's running the the show, and um, basically, there there's a um, basically it. It ha is being run more as advertising for the video game than actually for you know trying to run a profitable show, uh, and because of that, you you, you can um, it's definitely made me more sure that these shows aren't going to be cancelled last minute or something. So you know, I'm I still think that it's crazily overambitious the the arenas they're running, but um, I, I'm no longer saying 
advising people not to buy ahead of time. Um, and, I mean, if you're looking at the cards uh, and the talent announced, it's a, a tremendous load of guys, um, and the few matches that have been announced look tremendous. So, definitely shows well worth going to, um, even if I, I do think they're going to be a complete financial flop. What we said uh, beforehand is still valid, though. You look at the the wrestlers that they've signed uh, to be on those cards, and with the exception of Rey Mysterio, pretty much everybody else has either been uh, booked uh, with either Rare Pro or Progress or another UK promotion, or they work regularly with them anyway. Um, so it's not like you need to go and see this show because this is the only chance you've got to see these guys. They're wrestling on shows anyway um so <laughs> you're really going to draw that many people ray mysterio is a draw certainly uh i don't think he's, he's a, a draw for like ten thousand people I no mean, <laughs> I, i'm a pretty <laughs> but... big wrestling fan and i'm like i i don't i'm not really that bothered but the I'm man the, the man in the street knows who ray mysterio is he his kid probably has a ray mysterio mask not every man in the street but some men in the street <laughs> but no one knows who AJ Styles is, apart from wrestling yes. fans. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm still sceptical about the whole thing. Um, have you heard any news on ticket sales? Has anybody got any idea about that? I, I, uh, I've, no, I've heard nothing. nothing. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't release anything until after the show. Mm. Um, and even then, I, I still think it's going to get papered. I think they're going to find it extremely difficult to to sell even like a a decent number of tickets to make it look like a, a quarter full. Um, they're going to have to block off areas of the arena. I don't know why they booked the big arenas anyway. It just I, it's, it still doesn't make sense. I think they've booked the big arenas um, since this is like for footage for the video game and advertising for the video game to make it look like a WWE style product. They wanted the WWE-style arenas, I guess. These are the arenas that WWE run their UK house shows in. So I think it sort of makes sense in that regard, but the ambition to fill them, I think, outweighs the practicality of filling them. So I'll take it when they release the game, they'll have actually like you know rendered the crowding in the background? <laughs> they can <Yeah>. Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, otherwise... You yeah, it's just going to be embarrassing, isn't it? So, yeah, I can see where they're coming from. I can see what they're going for. Um, so I understand it slightly better than I did last time when I was not particularly kind. Um, but, I, uh, I, no, it's not really um, something that I go out of my way to, to watch. And I, I don't really get the whole thing. Really. But, um, just for, for those of you who who maybe can't make it down to the the Red Pro High Stakes show and you know want some to go see some of these guys during that week? Um, the matches that have been announced, there haven't been too many, but so far for the thirteenth of January, say, it is uh, nice that they booked Newcastle. That's a real hotbed up there for um, there's a lot of wrestling fans up in the northeast, so at least they've they've got that covered in mm. terms of uh, of, the, of the three shows. I think that will probably draw the most. Um, so having, uh, I, I think Ray and AJ probably should have gone on in, in Newcastle, but, um, maybe they, they felt they needed a bigger draw 
in Sheffield to draw more fans in, possibly. That might be the, the reason for, for Ray and AJ being the, the headline on the 14th in Sheffield as opposed to the 13th in Newcastle. So it, it is Ray, Ray versus Jay Lethal in Newcastle. Is that the, uh, the headline match? Yeah, uh, it's kind of like double main events. They're all both similar sorts of stature. Ray versus Jay Lethal and then AJ Styles versus Johnny Mundo, the old John Morrison. <laughs> um, which are, you know, they're, they're about as big a match as you get on the, the indies at the moment. But then again, the indies aren't trying to draw the 10k arenas. Um, but we're, we're kind of beating a, uh, beating a dead horse on that point at the moment. Can, yeah, we uh, took about 20 minutes last time. <laughs> can can John Morrison decide what name he wants to be called when he's making appearances? On Lucha Underground, his character is Johnny Mundo. But is that him? or <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you don't see... He does rotate between Mundo, Morrison, and Hennigan yeah, a lot. He, he was Hennigan on that PWS show. He was Morrison in RevPro, and now he's Mundo here. It's it's a finicky issue, but like, I would like to see some consistency there. He's kind of playing fast and loose with his personas. Well, given this that they're trying to draw uh, sort of more casual fans, then surely, I mean, the casual fans are not going to be watching Lucha Underground, are they? No. So they probably should have gone with like uh, Johnny Morrison. Yeah, John Morrison. People would know Johnny Mundo. They they. They might have actually. That might have just been me typing the uh, word. <laughs> oh, sorry, well, I, I, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, Morrison would probably have been the, the smart move to make. But, I think, uh, to be honest, I think it was Morrison on the posters. It's just we're looking at the rundown that we've, yeah. we've gotten. The, uh, okay, fair, but I have, number. like I say, he has gone as Hennigan, and I'm sure I've seen him as Mundo uh, elsewhere as well. So, you know. Get on it, John. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the the final match so far announced for Newcastle is PJ Black, who may be being advertised to Justin Gabriel um, versus Colt Cabana. What does he call himself? Is it the Dare Wolf? Is that his nickname? Yeah. That's the terrible nickname. That that's sorted almost, out, Justin. Almost Mandrews. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is he is he on the bad, show? Though. We could have Mandrews versus Dale. It says plus more. He might be on there. I don't remember um, seeing him on any of the posters, but that doesn't mean he's not. No, no. Um, and then January fourteenth in Sheffield, um, just the one match announced, which is a little strange considering we're we're only a few weeks out now. Um, yeah, I was expecting more but, of a more of a card. Like I thought they'd have like a you know six seven eight matches lined up by now, just because it's I mean it's, it's a one off. What you don't need to iron out the booking really. It's just what which matches do you want to see, Dan? You you put those matches on. I Simple. mean I I have seen some mention of crowning a, a five star wrestling champion, <laughs> which kind of suggests they're going to be running more shows. Um. Maybe after the way either that, turn out, they need, that might change. They need the animation of someone holding a belt up in the in the air for the game. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah, I, I'm not sure if we we fully mentioned it earlier, but they they are using um, parts of these uh, shows for stuff like Titan Trons, 
um, for the video game. Um, like, they, they don't have rights for, obviously, like, Rey Mysterio in, uh, in WWE. They can't use his Titan Tron from that because, obviously, WWE own the rights to that and they have their own video game. Um, so they're, they're going, you know, part of the reason these shows are being run are to, to capture footage for that. Um, uh, so yeah, their only one match announced so far for the Sheffield show, but it is the, the biggest match, um, probably the biggest match, um, that you could book in, in the West, not using any guys from, um, from current WWE. Um, maybe with, like, with the exception, obviously, of, like, CM Punk, but not really a wrestler anymore. But, uh, Rey Mysterio versus AJ Styles in what is definitely a, a dream match for, for a lot of people. Uh, it's definitely being what it's billed as. Um, should be fantastic. Yeah, that no that is their, their, their main draw. From the, from the three shows that they're running, that is their money match. They don't have another match that, that on paper, you see it and go, Oh, I really want to see that. I mean, like, uh, I'm sure AJ and Morrison will be a good match. They've got, you know, uh, complementary styles. I'm sure they'll work well together. But then you look at AJ and Rey Mysterio and you go, mm. like, yeah, I really want to watch that match. And especially now, um, that match has only added in value over the past day. So that is the big match and certainly one that will never happen again. So. Well, you say that, but there's, there's no guarantee that Ray won't go back. They they need um yeah they need big the... Mex- Mexican names and <laughs> apart from Del Rio, but they they've uh, got La Sombra the the god of wrestling, so but they're repackaging him aren't they? <laughs> well, as long as um you know they just need to show his face on TV and you know everyone will die, so <laughs> you got a bit of a man crush there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Who does? Oh, La Sombra. <laughs> <laughs> Swoon. <laughs> Um, and then on the 15th in Liverpool, um, only one match announced again, um, and not even including either Mysterio or, or AJ. It, it's PJ Black, Justin Gabriel, uh, versus Johnny Mundo, John Morrison, um, which seems very strange running a, 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 a huge arena, you know, as we mentioned, 10k-ish. Um, with just that match now. That, that so match far. is not going to draw. <laughs> WWE mid carders. Yeah. I mean, even if you're a casual yeah. fan, you look at that and go, well, I watched those guys, you know, jobbing for real stars a couple of years ago. Why would I want to watch them at all? I mean, I'm pretty sure that Mysterio and AJ are on this, on that card. Um, they're, they're definitely on, on the posters, so, you know, they're probably still the guys. Drawing for this show, but yeah. um, but if if you live in the north of England, which one of those three shows would you go to? Because uh, I'm damn sure for me, I would go to Sheffield. Sheffield, just I mean, they've just named that one match, and I'm like, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> the other two shows, Newcastle. From what's announced, Newcastle might actually end up being the better show. It might be, but it doesn't. But it Sheffield's doesn't have, the one that I'm more interested. It doesn't have Ray versus AJ, so. Because no. Ray versus AJ, there's a good chance that's not as good as like AJ versus uh, Morrison, but it's it, definitely more. Special. It might not be, but um, the, the reason why Rev Pro's um, match with like AJ Styles and Jushin Liger went on last is because it was a dream match, 
And the, that is the appeal for this one is like Ray versus AJ. That's a dream match. Whereas, you know, the Darewolf against Johnny Mundo, nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> I mean, and sure and there's no match. offense to either John Morrison <laughs> or PJ Black, who are both very accomplished wrestlers, but you're not going to draw 10,000 people with that match. No, it's just not going to help. Now, for all, especially with no build and no history with the promotion, or but yeah, dead horse again. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there's been a bunch of other guys uh, announced for these shows um, with no matches announced so far. I'll just run down the guys. Should we? Um, I'm not even sure I've got all. Should of we them say uh, yay or nay in unison to each each of these guys? Whether we approve or <laughs> yeah, just the general. Approval. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think most of these guys are, are good guys, but none of them are like, yeah, he'll draw 10k. <laughs> or, you know, it's not even guys like, oh, yeah, he'll draw 4k. Or... What for, but, who who yeah, can draw 4k apart from Grado? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Grado could be the saviour of these what, guys, what? apart from they're not happening in Scotland. There's, there's Scottish people all over the place, they'll, they'll flock in. But there is more of them in Scotland. Um, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> uh, so you've got Joe Kofi. Yay. We... Oh, sorry. We <laughs> yay. Yes. <laughs> yay. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, Joe Kofi's very good. He looks like a star, Joe Kofi. Does. It's like when he comes out, and he, just the entrance alone, as long as he gets the whole, you know, ICW entrance. He mm-hmm. looks like a he looks like a real star of wrestler, and as long as they don't put him in with somebody uh, who's going to overwhelm him in terms of size, which I don't think will happen because they haven't booked anyone like that, then not a winner. Oh yeah, Damo. That's like yeah. Hopefully, he's not just an undercard fill-out guy, which he might end up being. Hopefully, he gets at least one like singles match, which is relatively highly billed on these shows because he definitely deserves it. I'd say that for a lot of these guys, actually. Yeah, I'm a big Joe Coffey fan. Uh, next, just mention him. We've got Big Damo. That's a yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Another good addition. We we've talked about him quite a bit yeah. already this episode. So we'll move on. Uh, we've got Carlito no. <laughs> uh, of WWE fame. Um, I could from, I can like, see Asia why he's now. booked. Um, because they wanted another guy for like name recognition. I mean, yeah. we've got uh like a few. Other guys are in there who are like formerly of uh, the WWE. I believe uh, on his one. on his Twitter it says retired pro wrestler, so that <laughs> says it all, really. Um, for me, Carlito's a lazy guy. Um, you're not going to get a good match out of him on this tour. He's going to dog it. He's there yep. for the money, and that's it. Um, is he actually drawing anyone? Like. <laughs> The the children that are like <laughs> you're not drawing the, well, the casual I, I, children. I did say this last time because like it's just you have another ex WWE guy to put on the posters. Yeah. So you've got like yeah, you've yeah. got Ray, and then you've got Morrison, and then you can always throw Carlito on there and go like former He's WWE superstars, <laughs> and you've got three of them, and it kind of gives it a bit more of a, a oomph if you're that casual that you don't know who the other guys are. Then you might just go for for three. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, Zack Saber Junior. Yay! Obviously, <laughs> a yay. Yay! Um, 
he <laughs> he's great. Um, and he he'll probably have three very good matches on this tour. Oh, I expect so. Grado. Grado's EA. Yay. Uh, mild. Oh, yeah, shut yeah. up, Rob. <laughs> Stop being so grumpy. He he kind of won me over a bit with the um the Drew Galloway match, but um still not his biggest fan. But he's he's fine. He'll do well on this kind of show where it's more like super showy, casual type. Um. Yeah. He doesn't need to have like a work rate match, he just needs to get over his big personality, which is yeah. easy he, as pipe. He can get over on personality and comedy, and that's probably what they've got him in there for. I, I imagine he won't be in any of the, the big headliney matches, so he won't need to bring the kind of quality that he brought with Galloway. But, um, I mean, he, he's a fun guy. I mean, like when he comes out, he just dances down the ramp, and uh, if you've got Madonna playing as well, that'd be a bonus. Problem is, I don't like fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, supposed to be fun. Everything's supposed to be fun. Everything? No, su- <laughs> super serious wrestling. Um, Will Ospreay. Yeah. No, yes. Yay! Will's <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun. My, my, my current favourite wrestler on the UK scene. Um, yeah, great to see him here. I'm not sure if these shows are ever gonna. Uh, I'm not sure if they're even being taped for, well, they're, they are being taped for the video game, I'm not sure if they're being taped to be put out on DVD or VOD or whatever, but um, I'm sure he'll have three good matches here. He, he very rarely has a bad one. If they, uh, they, I mean, they could accidentally hit upon some uh, some really good cards just with the people that they've named. Mm-hmm. You could stick them in like a, a random generator yeah. that just pairs them <laughs> up and there's, there's enough for very good guys and very few people who aren't good that you're going to end up with a load of very good matches and a lot of them would be pretty fresh. I mean, um, Sabre Jr. is used to working random eight-mans full of doggish dog wrestlers. So... I won't hear you disparage Quiet Storm that way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Quiet Storm. Um, He's like a Jimmy really small piece of beef. <laughs> Not Jimmy Havoc. Quite <laughs> 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 um, Jimmy Havoc's a yay. He's a nay for me for this show, just because he probably won't fit in with the aesthetic. I mean, he'll be great no matter what, I, but like, I don't think he'll... I, I don't think the, cr- the crowd will get him. He's going to end up in some kind of uh, four-man junior spot fest. Yeah. Um, that's my worry about Osprey as well is that they'll just kind of go, oh, he's a flippity guy, let's just put him in there. <laughs> Meanwhile, here's Carlito versus Magnus. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Havoc, definitely, he's, he's always better when he's in a storyline and he can, you know, his best traits is character work. Well, this is the problem with this so show, when you just, just throw... no build-up. It's just, oh, here's a super show, but we haven't got that many super guys, so we've kind of padded it out with guys who are good. Because mm. even yeah. Rev Pro has build-up between shows, and now with the YouTube show, they've got like an even more well-rounded arc, so it's not like they're just throwing out no-context matches, whereas this kind of is exactly that. Yeah, and then you're right, Havoc doesn't work in that environment so well. I mean, I'm sure you could have a pretty decent uh, 
series of matches maybe with the I don't know who who, who we got. <laughs> Just throw him in with someone. He could probably develop a storyline over over <laughs> three days. You know, give him three matches with the same guy, and by the end of it, it'll be something. Sure, sure. Um, kid fight. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is he is he a draw for the ICW fans? I mean, do they think that bringing in Grado, Kid Fight, and Kofi will bring in some? Uh, some Scottish guys. I mean, kid fight. He's all right. To, I mean, ICW has done very well at drawing. You know, especially with fear and loathing, and it it makes sense to grab a handful of ICW guys. Yeah, if but you, if, if you're going to want to draw grab a few of them, like a handful, should we go with somebody who's who can get over just by walking out the curtain? And I'm thinking, like, you know, Joe Hendry, maybe. You yeah, because because his entrance alone. They'll, that'll be enough to, to get him over whereas Kid Fight doesn't really do anything like that he's, he's more of a he's just a wrestler he's a solid wrestler yeah but that's doesn't, doesn't do a lot for me yeah, I don't think he's really going to grab the attention of uh, some casual fans whereas I think Joe Hendry he can do that that's just one of the things that he's capable of doing and I think Joe Coffey can do that just from his size and Grado can do that from his, with his personality whereas Kid Fight you know he's kind of more of a a solid hand to round out a card. Rockstar Spud. Ooh. Yay. <laughs> I mean, he he's uh, recognisable. I mean, people have seen him on TNA, so uh, he fits on the tour. Makes sense to have on the tour. Kind of thumbs in the middle on him. Doesn't really do a lot for me. I know a lot of people love him, but I don't really get that. But he, he has the, hey. the stench of TNA upon himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, TNA is... I, I can't, I'm trying to remember when he came in to um, TNA, because there was a point when TNA on UK TV did, you know, pretty well. That's kind of dropped in more recent years, but um, there there was a point where TNA in the UK was... Being a TNA star in the UK was made you at least a moderate draw in the UK. There's um, posters up around. I mean, I, I work in Worcester, and every now and again, there's like a, a show runs there, like a little tiny indie show. And um, one of their posters had a uh, bram of TNA on it. And I was like, <laughs> sweet, I'm not going to that. <laughs> was that during the, uh, the issue period? But, yeah, <laughs> very much like bang in the middle of it. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to that. Uh, speaking of TNA guys, or ex-TNA guys, I don't think he's there at the moment, but I don't really pay enough attention. Uh, Nick Aldis or Magnus? Nay. 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 I mean, again, I understand why he's there. He's got a bit of name recognition, a bit. But... Yeah, he was on Gladiators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they should have built him as... Oh, what was oh, oh yeah, I'm trying to remember. He had like a Gladiator. Yeah, Oblivion? Huh? Oblivion, maybe. I'm go- I'm googling uh, this because oh, I need Google. to know. Yeah, but we're, we're all in a three-way Google rift. Uh... Two-way, I'm not bothered. <laughs> but yeah, he was a gladiator. They they should have him dress up and he should have one of those pugil sticks. Oblivion, the bad boy. Oh, <laughs> I got 
So she, he should come out as a, as a gladiator and like try and knock people off the ropes and stuff with the pugil stick. That'd be that'd be great. I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah, that that would that would actually make me comfortable with a show if there was there was a gladiator match, or just the entire show was gladiators. <laughs> you just want to go to gladiators. <laughs> I I I never I never wasn't around during peak gladiators, so I need the experience. But I I would pay all the money to see Rey Mysterio play gladiator. <laughs> Was that it? Was that uh, the whole card? Then, or? Uh, last last guy that I you know saw a picture of and jotted down. <laughs> there is the the comprehensive journalism from Rob Reed. <laughs> that that and more guy is going to break out in 2016. <laughs> um, there there they there wasn't like a definitive list of everyone there. Even on like I scoured their website and their and their Facebook and their Twitter, and I couldn't find like a, a list of everyone. But um. The Marty Skrull was the the last guy I saw a picture of on some of their promotional material. Uh, yay! Mm. Yay! He's a guy who can come through the curtain and grab the crowd's attention, so uh, definitely heel. works. Huh? <laughs> if he does the progress heel thing, it's not going to do anything. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he has the whoop whoop theme, the whoop whoop theme, and not the uh da na 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 theme. If um if he does the whoop whoop theme, then, yay. Yeah. Um, another good guy to, like, pad out the card. Mm. And he's um, he's a guy who has a matches. singles match higher up the card, maybe against PJ Black or something. If he's in there with good guys, he'll have good matches, and there's enough good guys on this card that he will end up with You'd expect some good guys. Well, I, I can see them pitching him in with like Saber or Os because they know it will be good. Well, I hope they know it will be good. Yeah, yeah, could definitely see that. And then we've got Anne Moore. Um, no, not sure who that will be, but <laughs> blue pants. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Ah. <laughs> so you you go for blue pants and gladiators. That that'd be the selling points for you, <laughs> Polly. Well, I, my owl was more a nay than a yay for blue pants, but there we go. <laughs> With blue pants doing gladiators. That would be interesting. Imagine oh, yeah. if AJ Styles got injured before leaving uh, playing gladiators. With blue pants. <laughs> With blue pants. That that would be the story of 2016. You know full well that if AJ Styles walked in, they're like, AJ, we've got this idea, we're going to do gladiators. He'd be like, no. <laughs> Not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Grado would do it. Grado would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Um... We got badly sidetracked during that. <laughs> Gladiators was in the US, right? Yeah, there was. Um, there was an American. All these references will make sense. There was. There was an American Gladiators. Right. So moving on, then. Um, we've covered those uh, big four big events. Um, gonna do a bit of. Looking back retrospectively, and uh, we've got kind of a, a a barely planned at all awards thing for. Um, we haven't got any music for... or anything. We are a <laughs> sub, we, sub, we don't even have a name. What are the name of our awards? The Britties. Uh, the Brit. The, the Bressies. No, that, that sounds like a. Uh, I'd rather go with the Britties. <laughs> <than> the Britties. <laughs> <laughs> I might post edit in some music. 
depending oh. if I can be bothered. But, Cheaty style. Hey. Yeah, yeah, well, no qualms. Um, so basically, uh, we're just looking at 2015 and we're going to try to come to some consensus um, whether it ends up as debate or voting we'll find out I guess but um, some consensus on a couple of awards we've drawn up um, I've made the arbitrary decision that this is going to be based completely on enjoyment and 0% on like business and like drawing power well, it's just I what we enjoy any uh, awards that are based on business and drawing power are not in any way fun and I really never no. agree with them I mean, some people enjoy them, but I I always prefer, like, I always, especially when it's mixed between, like, business and, um... Pleasure. Pleasure, because it, it's so hard to, like, what's the equivalent of, like, a 10k draw, is it? <laughs> how, how do you equip, make that, turn that into, like, the equivalent amount of enjoyment? Um, but yeah, this is just going to be pure... Purely our enjoyment of the, the, well, whatever the category is being voted on. Um, so yeah, we'll go straight into it. Uh, first category, uh, for Brit Rash 2015, the, the Britties, I suppose we're going with. Um, most, most improved wrestler of the year. Do you, do you want to put forward um, any guys? Um, for, for Rev Pro, I would say Josh Bowden. Yeah, he was definitely something else. He's about. he's really improved uh, over the course of the year. He was, um, he was kind of basic, I, I would say, uh, about a year yeah. ago, and um, he's improved a great deal. Um, to the point where Rev Pro had the faith enough to put him in with with Jimmy Havoc and, and like build a whole angle around it over the YouTube show. Um. And he he deserved that spot, and he he worked hard for it. And I, I thought for me, he's he's improved a lot. Um, I don't remember when I first saw Pastor William either, but I certainly think he has gotten a lot better uh, over the course of the year. But I don't remember if I saw him last year or earlier this year for the first time. But he's gotten a lot lot better. Um, I have a couple of names, uh, which I'll decide the one that I'll give the award to. For me, uh, in after I've said them all, uh, Pete Dunn is one. Um, in 2014, he was okay. 2015, I saw him in a couple of main events in Kamikaze Pro, and he did really well in them. Um, the match against Johnny Gargano was uh, uh, really strong uh, for that level of a show. Um, like you said, Pastor William Eva is definitely one. He's well on his way to being like a, an actual star of Brit Ress. So he's doing very well. And uh, the other name that I would say is... I'll come back to that because i <laughs> just forgotten it. I had three names and I've forgotten one of them. What about you, Rob? Um, the the three guys that came to mind as I was like drafting my my pit guys to bring up here were Josh Bodum, as you've mentioned. He went from a guy who was fundamentally solid but kind of a bit bland and a bit boring very basic was definitely the right word you you nailed it um to a guy who's someone i i look forward to seeing wrestle um now uh and uh someone i'm very excited to see what he's going to do in 2016. yeah he's, um, he's got a lot smoother a lot more realistic 
in his work. I think that's that's really shown up over the course of the year. Um, second guy, and you might be a bit surprised by this. This, um, given how I've I've kind of buried him throughout the uh, the podcast we've done this year, but but Flash Morgan Webster. Um, no, I, I can see that. This has kind of come off just one match, um, so I'm not sure I'd fully want to to push him all the way, but I thought he was someone worth bringing up. Beginning of the year and like through most of the year, really didn't enjoy him much. Um, but that triple threat match he had um, with Osprey and Gibson, I thought he looked really good. So if we're going from the simple perspective of the the first match I saw him have this year to the last match I saw him have this year, which was that triple threat match, there is a big improvement there. Um, whether that was him being, you know, elevated by Osprey, who's very good, um, of course, um, remains to be seen. Uh, but I'm definitely interested to see him have other matches in 2016 and see if that was a, a one-off thing for me, whether I'll go back to going, oh, Webster, <laughs> or he'll become someone I like, because I want him to be someone I but, like. Uh... I enjoy watching guys who I like watching wrestle, um, as obvious as that statement is. Um, and the final guy, Will Ospreay. It is mm-hmm. kind of a, a weird one, because he was he was very good at the tail end of 2014, but I think he is quite a bit better now, because like, if you think back to uh, the end of 2014, he was just having, I think he had his first match uh, with Matt Seidel, which was a very good match, but wasn't anywhere near what he ended up having with Seidel. Uh, or the match he had with AJ, or the the matches he's had throughout this whole year. Um, I I definitely think he has improved quite a bit this year. Um, but the guy the guy I I definitely think is the the clear front runner for this award is Bodum. Um, my third guy would be Dan Maloney. Um, I mean he was ve- very green and still is pretty green now, but like you can see him like. Getting the character work down, getting um, getting how he wrestles down, getting his style of wrestling um, to a point where he can go out into any match against any guy and put on a good show, and he's only going to improve that as he ages and gets more experience, um, but he's well on the way of there, and he really took a good leap this year. I'd, I'd go along with that, you know, he, he was, uh, like, I, with... Uh, same with Eva. I remember seeing Dan Maloney probably over a year ago, and he was very green. And he has shown sort of a lot of development. I don't know if he's developed as well as Eva. I, yeah. I think I'd probably give Eva the nod. Over. Eva's further along the line. Um, I mean, so... in terms of like the, the biggest improvement from like last year to to now, I would say Eva has made the largest improvement of any of the guys we've been talking about. I'm not sure I agree with that, really. Um, I, I don't remember when I saw him, but I remember him being, like, really uh, deliberate and kind of, kind of mechanical in his movements, and he's got like, so much smoother that I think that's been the, the biggest jump in quality between the two. I know what you're saying with Osprey. Osprey has gone from very good to great, but... I'd say like Eva's gone from very little to to 
Good. I need to look up when Eva had... Because um, he had a very good match with the Sumerian Death Squad, um, teaming with... Uh, 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 Sweet Jesus. Um, who's he teaming with? Um, Chuck Mambo. Yeah. Chuck Mambo. Um, I, was that the tail end of 14? Was that, that was, midway through 15? I think, March. So... Oh, right. So that that was... But yeah, I was thinking that was the end of 14, so... Um, yeah, uh, I think Eva's got a good case then, but... Um, yeah, I, I could, so I could go for think... Eva or Bowden. I, I think they've both shown a lot of improvement this year. I can see both of them, but I'm leaning towards Bowden, so I'll... Do, do you, which one are you leaning towards, Arnold? Uh, well, I, I could go for, for either there, so we'll we'll leave it up to Ollie for the deciding Um vote. Well, I'd say either. So, uh, joint winners, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> make a choice. Uh, make a well, choice. I'll have to go with the, with the pastor then. I, I think he's shown more yeah. of a level of improvement over the course of the last 12 months than, than anybody. Uh, Bodum is, is close, I would say, but um, I thought he was pretty good. I mean, he was bland, but he got everything down, whereas I think Eva was, was kind of very early in his development. And in the the last year, he's he's gone from clunky to look good, which is uh, a, a massive leap. So hit, I think he that, deserves it. Yeah. Hit that jingle. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I've I've no problem with that one. So um, William either gets that one with uh, Josh Bodum getting the honourable mention. Um, next one, uh, breakout star of the year. Um, now, the the caveat I put on this one is, which wrestler who prior to 2015 hadn't main-evented either a Progress chapter, but the Progress chapter, only the ballroom chapters, so not the very early shows, an RPW York Hall show, or an ICW Big Four show, and with the ICW Big Four being the Square Go, Barramania, the Shugs events, so... Shug's Who's Party and <laughs> um, Shug's Weekender and uh, or Fear and Loathing. So if as long as they haven't main evented one of those um, bigger UK shows and um, prior to this, well, not this year, prior to 2015, then they're el- eligible for this award. Um, so I really should have researched this. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I'll um, I'll throw some out then. Um, Mark Haskins um, hadn't actually main evented any of these shows. He had main evented a, a a very early progress chapter, but that was pre ballroom when they were, you know, um, only drawing a couple of hundred, so didn't count that. So Mark Haskins definitely my leader there. Um, I think he's had a tremendous year, and Breakout kind of fits him, which in a way sounds kind of weird considering that he's uh, in the past prior to this year he's gone over to America and been on TV but I think he's really found himself this year mm. and um, he's he's really become a centrepiece of the uh, the British wrestling scene and um, uh, another guy um, Zach Gibson I know that won't be too popular with Arnold he's he's not the biggest fan but but I love him and uh, I think he's had a, a well, great you would year, do, wouldn't uh, you? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, we're we're currently winning a game as we speak, so I'm I'm most happy with that going through to the final of the Capital One Cup. Um, Zach Gibson, obviously, with the Liverpool gimmick to explain that I'm a Liverpool fan, but um, I think he's had a great year in progress, um, culminating perfectly with that main event triple theft at the uh, Manchester show. Um, I, I would put him behind Haskins, but um, still, still a definitely worth mentioning. He's had a very strong year and probably wouldn't fit into any of these other categories. So, uh, and then finally, um, I went with Pastor William Eva as a guy I wanted to bring up, but since he's already got the the most improved, maybe he doesn't quite. He's already a grab gritty here, award winner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Um, could he win the double already? But uh, I think he's had a very strong year. Maybe tailed off a little towards the end. Um, perhaps more due to opportunities rather than quality. Um, but definitely uh, a guy who's had a very good year um, and wasn't really a, a big, big um, player in the UK scene prior to this year. But Mark Haskins is definitely the guy I think is the at the forefront of this one. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I would say Mark Haskins. Um, I think anyone else, I would say like maybe Tommy End was maybe too popular beforehand to call him a breakout star. But Haskins entered this year as kind of a mid-carder in progress. Like you say, he's been to Dragon Gate, he's been to TNA, but this was a year he really found himself, found a style that he was incredibly comfortable working with, and a style that produced lots of really great matches this was a year to remember for Haskins and that like he's now in the upper echelon really I'd say maybe the third guy in terms of hierarchy in British wrestling so he's done a fantastic job of moving up that hierarchy this year well I've put Haskins over on like the past uh, two three maybe even four podcasts that we've done uh because of the improvements that he's made this year, so I've got no problem with that or whatsoever. I mean, you're absolutely right. He has been around for, for so long. I mean, he must have been around uh, at, at a decent level for about 10 years, probably longer than that. Um, but he's always been more of a, a like a junior-style wrestler, whereas this year he's kind of taken on that, that more grounded um, technical style, and he's so good at it. It, he's just taken to it like uh, I'm guessing he's been working at this for a while, but um, yeah, he's been great, no question for me. Yeah, I've just looked it up, and uh, he debuted in July 2006, according to Cage Match. Not so ten years now. This will be his tenth year, so and a breakout year. Late bloomer, I guess. He, he he was always a solid, flippy wrestler, you know, solid but fairly generic-ish junior. Um, but he's definitely found himself this year. Um, Tommy End, I've I've just looked it up, and I think he would qualify, giving um, the the caveats I've put on this award. Mm. But I would put um, I would put um, Haskins over over him. I say End would probably be a strong runner up. And uh, I'm not I'm with him not being British. I'm not sure he even qualifies. <laughs> uh, I am. I'm quite Yeah, I think we're all happy with Haskins winning this. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, um, we'll move on to the next one. Oh, sorry, type in that one. Uh, promotion of the year. 
for me, this is a, a two-way fight between Progress and RPW. You're not um, seeing ICW in the in the running for that with their um, record uh, four thousand crowd. Well, if we're including business, then oh, this is true. Definitely. Oh, you, yeah, you're not keen on a lot of the goofy stuff they do, so uh, yeah, it, it's not for me. Um, for me, it's between Progress and RPW. RPW has the for me, the better highs, um, I don't think anything in the UK can touch, well, apart from maybe the NXT, the NXT show, uh, anything in the UK can touch the um, the highs of the three York Hall shows they ran this year. Well, I thought Uprising um, was a better show than the, the NXT TakeOver. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion, but, you know, I, I uh, watched I, yeah, I, I, I would it was better. completely agree. Um, but, like, that that would probably be the only show that could touch them. Maybe maybe that could like nestle in ahead of, um, ahead of high stakes. Maybe which would probably be the weakest of the three. But they're all all three of them were very strong shows in twenty fifteen. Um, you had a fantastic match in all all three of them. You had AJ versus uh, Will Osprey on at high stakes, um, which was tremendous. You had the two out three falls. Um, Will Ospreay versus Matt Seidel oh, at so Islam, good. Which is my current match well, of the year. I was going to say, do we have a match of the year category? Um, I haven't listed it, but we will do All one. Alright, well that, um, that's it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then um, and then obviously they had Kushida versus Kyle O'Reilly at the Uprising show, as well as the Triple Threat main event, which were both well, fantastic. That Kushida-O'Reilly match was exhausting. So good. In, it was, in, it was a, a real, a good way as possible. Exhausting. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. absolutely. It was draining to watch that. It was like a, it, it felt like a, like a legitimate fight, like a real struggle mm. from from one hole to the next. Uh, oh, so good. Yeah, so you you've definitely got the highs from Rev Pro, but with Progress, you've got more the consistency. Um, pretty much every show they've run this year has been at least good. Um, yep. While with Rev Pro, some of the small, you know, aside from the um, the big three York Hall shows, they've got the the Global Wars UK, which was a very good show. Um, but after that, it's kind of tailed off quite a bit. Whereas Progress, you've got more of a consistent throughout the year, good show, good show, good show. Um, for me, the best Progress show of the year was the Super Strong Style 16 Night 2. But I don't think that touches any of the York Hall shows that Rev Pro did. Um, I I would have to give Progress this one just because they built such a strong brand at this, like especially in 2015. Like they they've turned themselves into like a recognizable name in the world of wrestling, and that's not something you can overlook lightly. Um, I agree that all of the York Hall shows are better than the Progress chapter shows, but. Like, the Progress chapter shows, like you say, are more consistently good. You know what you're getting with a Progress chapter show, whereas with an RPW show, um, they're, like, all, like, kind of all over the place quality-wise. Um, they've built up their title really strongly, <laughs> um, they built up their own little roster of wrestlers, um, they've done really well as a promotion this year. RPW put on good shows, um, but Progress have put on a better promotion, I guess. For me, it, it's very tough to, to make that decision. I mean, you've got a Rev Pro run uh, terrific big shows, but 
a lot of that has depended on uh, strong imports. Um, so that has made a big difference for them. I don't think they haven't really built up so many of their own uh, stars like Progress and ICW have. Uh, ICW have had the biggest um, show of the year in terms of attendance. Um, and that was a hugely entertaining show as well. Um, I think you're right with Progress. Progress is definitely the most consistent of the three. Um, the uh, the atmosphere is really strong in their Progress and ICW, so it's kind of tough to choose between them on that. It, it's great to have three promotions to kind of go like, oh, these promotions have mm. all been really good. <laughs> and they're all different. Yeah, though, all completely different shows. Which is, is great options to have, because... I've I've kind of mentioned it several times. ICW isn't my cup of tea, but there are two promotions that are, and basically there's whichever whatever your taste is in wrestling, you you're gonna like at least one of the three, I think, and that, that's a great position to be in. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I think Rev Pro for me would edge it ever so slightly because of the the people that they put in front of me this year. A lot of that has had uh, to do with New Japan, but anybody who books Ishii. Ishii on a show and kind of puts him like right, like you know, two foot away from me. That's mm. that's got to carry a lot of weight. So I, I would have to go for Red Pro. No offense to Progress, who, who have been great, and ICW have had a terrific year. But um, just for that alone, just for the, the people that they brought in, you, you can't just see New Japan talent every day of the week. It's uh, it's a special thing. Mm. Guess it comes down to me then. Uh, progress versus Rev Pro. I think in terms of enjoyment, I Rev Pro does just about edge it. So um, that's where my vote's going between the two of them. Um, progress is very enjoyable, but the the sheer brilliance of the the big four RPW shows, if you're including that Reading show as well. They they were just so good. And that that's that's the the side I've got to fall on. Yeah. So uh, Rev Pro takes it this year. Uh, <laughs> Progress will maybe back for revenge next time. Um, well, with Progress running that big two thousand seater in Brixton, um, they've got every chance of putting on a big show that's going to you know be a defined big show for them this year. Mm-hmm. So I could see it being a, a really special year for them. Alright, um, tag team of the year. I, when, when thinking of guys to, to put up there for this one, kind of a shallowish year. Um, uh, I had trouble thinking of a third team. The, the two I thought of were Sumerian Death Squad, who've had a very good year in progress, um, and, uh, across the UK actually. I haven't seen a huge amount of them in, uh, other places, but, what I have seen of them, they've been consistently good. And the London Riots, who uh, have always been a, a favourite of mine in progress since they, they first um, started there. Um, and they've had a, another consistently good year. Although, I think they, they did probably have a better 2014 than their 2015. They've still been very good this year. Uh, if I was going to lean on one of those two teams and um, push them forward, I'd probably say Sumerian Death Squad have edged it this year. Um, I'll bring up the Hunter Brothers, who have been putting in work this year, and I think they've really improved this year especially. Um, last year when I saw them, they went a bit 
flippy, you know, and they're maybe not the best flippy wrestlers. Whereas this year, especially in their progress match, which is their best match this year, um, they have been working the tag team moves a lot, and they're I think they are the best team at working tags and feeling like an actual team, a cohesive unit that are working together to try and actually win the match. Um, I've seen them in the Midlands, and they've been putting on really good matches there as well. And that Death Squad match especially was really strong. Um, but I would also say the Sumerian Death Squad, they've had a tremendous year. The Hunter Brothers match, and the match against Adam Cole, and Roderick Strong, just excellent. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go Death Squad. The, uh, the only other team that is worth bringing up, I think, is uh, Apollo Promotions in, in ICW. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were but even then, they're good, but their squad's way better. <laughs> hands down. Yeah, uh, I haven't. S- the only thing that stopped me going for for Hunter Brothers because I've enjoyed everything I've seen of them this year is that I just haven't seen a huge amount of them. Yeah. Uh, outside of that one progress match, um, I think I've maybe seen one of a match for them, but um. Definitely a team to watch for next year uh, if they get um, a more regular spot in one of the bigger promotions. So, yes, it is. Um, Pretty award winning. (laughs) Even Uh, even though they're not actually British. (laughs) They are on the UK scene. The UK scene, yeah. Um, Show of the year we'll go for now. very hard for me to pick between the three York Hall shows. Um, they're, they're my clear one, two, three for me, with fourth being the um, Super Strong Style 16 Day 2. Uh, I thought that was Progress' the best show of the year and probably the fourth best UK show I've seen. Although, um, would I put that ahead of the TakeOver London? Hmm, I think I probably would. TakeOver London would probably end up number five, but um, that's that's very close. Um, but out of the three York Hall shows, ooh, that's that's tricky to separate them. Mm-hmm. They're all so good. I'll I'll let um, you. I'd you say guys it's between Summer Sizzler and uh, Uprising. I think High Stakes was very good, but the undercard was a bit weak. Um, whereas the other two were just wall to wall excellent. Um. Hmm. It's difficult. I, I'm going to say Uprising, just because all the New Japan guys, it felt so special. Um, it's probably a show I'll never forget. So, just in terms of being so special, I thought the match quality on Summer Sizzler was slightly better, but Uprising was just like this big event. Well, I think we can always do that big uh, shout-out for Summer Sizzler in that match of the year. Well, yeah. I, I think so, anyway. But, uh, yeah, Uprising for consistency. I think that was a, an excellent show. I think we all really enjoyed it. Like uh, I'd, I'd probably put it in my top five shows, like of the year, uh, like anywhere, just because yeah, it, was, I would. it was entertaining to to that point. Um, being there obviously helped, but um, yeah, I don't think it's uh, particularly close with anything else. I mean, the uh, ICW obviously fair and loathing. They had a big crowd. Um, but in, in terms of like consistency and match quality, the, the main event was great, but the undercard, there was nothing that really leapt out at me like the undercard on Uprising. I mean, I the, see, I, the, um, 
Fear and Loathing would easily be in my top ten. I thought it was a big spectacle, and the main event definitely delivered. Um, several progress chapter shows, 19 part 2, 20, 21, that string of three shows was fantastic. Um, but they all pale to Uprising and Summer Sizzler. Like, those two were just It's just the, the, the sheer volume of, of guys that they brought in that were, that were top-notch. I mean, you just can't argue with it, just the quality that was there. It's like, that is kind of what, uh, like, Five Star is going for. They want to bring in so many good guys that it'll be unforgettable, but it's already been done, it's been done better. And that's what Uprising was. So for me, hands down, again. I think we're in agreement on that one. After uh, re-familiarising myself with the cards, I think I might slightly lean um, in favour of Summer Sizzler, but I, I'm outvoted. And I, I'm, I have no I, problem with would, going with Uprising. I would have no problem with either of those shows being the best of the year, but I think Uprising's possibly the more memorable of the two. I mean, the fact that you had to, to refresh your memory on the uh, the Summer Sizzler card kind of um, says that. It was longer ago, but... Uh, <laughs> It's like four months uh, yeah. ago. <laughs> I'm I'm totally happy with Uprising taking it. It was a fantastic show, pleasure to see live, and um, yeah, just amazing. And now Britty Award winning. <laughs> um, next up, match of the year. We I think we may have already come to a consensus on this yep. without actually. Fully discussing it for me, it's um, got to be that Matt Seidel, uh, Will Ospreay two out three falls match. Yes, just incredible. Yeah, the, uh, the some of the counters that, that they came up with in that the difficulty level was just so high. So the oh, I just just remembering it, just sitting there like and watching it and going like ah, oh, you know, jaw on the floor, game over. Oh, there there are. There are some others worth uh, worth considering, I, I think. But um, I, I did look at uh, a couple of Will Ospreay's title defenses in progress. But there's there's nothing that's that's at that kind of level. I don't think. I'll, I'll throw out a couple of honourable mentions then, for me at least. Um, you got AJ Styles versus Will Ospreay from high stakes mm-hmm. was tremendous. Fantastic. Earlier parts of the year. Um, with the previously mentioned Kyle O'Reilly vs. Kushida from Uprising, again tremendous. Um, the way the way they made that match feel like a struggle, as as you mentioned, uh, it was just just made it feel so special. Um, it didn't feel rehearsed, although it probably was because it was so smooth and you couldn't just go out there and do that. But it was it was just tremendous. Um, Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. from um, finals of the Progress Super Strong Star mm-hmm. tournament. Uh, another tremendous match. Uh, Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe I thought was terrific from NXT TakeOver London. Um, I guess we, we can throw that in there. I'd have had that sort of a notch below the, the others that we're talking about. It didn't, didn't um, quite have the same level of quality to it, I don't think. Uh, I really enjoyed AJ Styles, Will Ospreay, and Marty Skull and their triple threat, although, again, slightly a notch below the, um, the others we've mentioned. Jimmy Havoc versus Will Ospreay, the title change, that was incredibly emotional, and, like, 
being there live and watching the crowd erupt like it was WrestleMania and the title had changed the like fantastic stuff. And it had been built for so long, and then finally the satisfaction of it getting paid off. The match itself, eh, it wasn't amazing. Um, it was a spectacle, very emotional, and like I was completely along for the ride though, so definitely very memorable. And also Osprey versus Mark Haskins, his first defense, just like in a in a vacuum, incredible. Like if you want to get someone into Brit Ress, that's a match you show them. Yeah, I agree. I was really into that one. Uh, and you've got Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roderick Strong from Summer Sizzler. Another terrific match. Um, yeah, again, I thought that was alright. I didn't think it was like that on that same level as the others that we're talking about. And then just to uh, to wrap up the the ones I've got, you know, these are all a few steps below um, the the very top matches we listed, but. Uh, I, I also really enjoyed um, the Red Pro TV match between Will Ospreay and Matt Seidel from, um, I think it was May, May-ish. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was the second match in their series. It was, um, it, it was a very well-worked TV-feeling kind of match, but I, I thought it was tremendous and was a very important match um, in that series. I don't think the two out of three falls would have quite um, being the same without having that second match in the series there for them to play off. Um, I think that's one well worth mentioning. Um, but, um, Galloway versus Grado. Yeah, definitely. Definitely big match feel and Grado's best performance ever. By, by distance. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're not a fan, Rob, but yeah, that was a, a hell of a I, match. I, en- I enjoyed that match. Uh, I went, I went and watched it, but uh, I, I wouldn't put it. You know, I, I thought it was a good match, maybe not great, but that's just me being grumpy and <laughs> maybe having inbuilt biases <laughs> about not enjoying Grado because he's a part comedy wrestler and I'm too grumpy <laughs> to enjoy comedy wrestling. Um, but yeah, Will Ospreay versus Matt Seidel, two out three fours, penciled in, uh, penned in, penned in. Uh, is, that, is that phrase? It is now. No, but it is now. It is now. <laughs> it's where you, you go over your penciled-in thing <laughs> with a pen and make them confirmed. Two out of three falls. To- totally professional to... jotting stuff down as we're going along. <laughs> you know we're recording this. We can just kind of you know come back and listen to it to find out who we Well, I've, I've written the rest of them down. <laughs> I'll finish. Um, Three left. Uh, import of the year. Um, this year has been full of tremendous imports. We've we've been blessed basically um, with the best in the world coming. Um, not CM Punk, but the the UFC fighter Philip Brooks. <laughs> he hasn't fought there, and he, he may yet, never no. fight there, but... <laughs> and he never will. <laughs> uh, but they've got a. A t-shirt with his name on it, badly printed. So <laughs> there you go. Then um, some of the guys that jumped out to me: um, AJ Styles for his four. I think he's had four matches. Um, his three York Hall ones against Will Ospreay, um, the Triple Threat. Uh, his match against Jushin Liger, and then. Less so, but it was still a good match. Uh, his match against Marty Skrull. Um, 
Then you've got Roderick Strong. He's he's wrestled for both RevPro and Progress and a few other promotions. Um, I saw him wrestle Will Ospreay at um, Southside. That was a, another good match. Uh, Matt Seidel. Preston City as well, didn't he? Um, with, with the Ring of Oh, Ospreay. yeah. And the, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Matt Seidel, he, he did uh, PCW. Um, I think he did PCW in their Super Show of all shows. Um, don't don't quote me on that. He might not have. Yeah, but, uh, I don't, no, I don't think he did. Um, almost exclusively <laughs> for his um, series with Osprey. Um, that was tremendous, as we've mentioned. Um, but maybe doesn't quite have the depth. Uh, Nakamura was over here for a, a had a couple of matches in the UK this year. Um, Maybe a notch below some of the other guys mentioned, but he, I've enjoyed him in every match he had here. Uh, and then uh, Sumerian Death Squad. Um, I guess you can class them as imports, um, and I've, I've enjoyed them consistently, um, apart from when they're crowd brawling, which is probably slightly more than I'd like. Um, <laughs> we have to uh, name drop Tommaso Champa. Uh, um, yeah, that's, that's uh, who yeah. I would have brought up as well. Uh, Progress have used him really well. Um, like his match quality has gone up as he's wrestled him more. Like I, he's been hurt by booking. Like Progress have gotten in his way a little bit from having good matches, but he's consistently wrestled well, even if he hasn't been able to have amazing matches. And he finally got to have that one truly great match with Zack Saber Jr. in December to round out a very good year for Progress, where he was essentially a Progress guy. Like if you were to label him under any uh, brand this year, it would probably be Progress. Like, I know he's wrestled for uh, Evolve, um, but, like, he's almost been a Progress guy this year. So for uh, a company to bring in an import and bring him into the storyline and the booking um, as much as they did, uh, definitely hats off to them. And the Sabre Jr. match is, like, a top 25 match of the year, so really, really good. Um, but for me, personally, selfishly, it would be Tomohiro Ishii because he's a guy <laughs> I never thought would come over here and then he's announced and I'm just going mental in the front row and seeing him wrestle live, like that was truly special, so for me selfishly it would be him, just seeing and meeting Ishii and, um, in all his glory really <laughs> even if you didn't understand what was going on <laughs> yeah. I, I, Ishii, I, he's in the conversation, I didn't think his match with um, uh, Damo was as good as the matches that we're kind of discussing when it comes to Champa or AJ Styles is probably the other one that I'd, I'd be looking at. Um, Sidal probably in there as well in the conversation. Uh, I think I would probably have to plump for AJ just because uh, Rare Pro put the belt on him and he's had f- like three or four really good matches um he's been consistent and he's been importantly consistent so um i, I think it'd probably be aj styles we won't get a chance to uh, give him that to award to him again i suspect so uh, i think it just yeah. about edges out champa for me i wasn't as high as on champa as a, a lot of people so he wasn't really in contention for me is she may have been the guy I was most excited about when he was announced, but he only had the one match over here, and I didn't think it was 
I didn't think the match itself was overly special. No, not really. I enjoyed it. Him being here was special. Yeah, that um, was a fair comment. But Star- Styles was definitely the. It was it was between Styles and Seidel for me, uh, and I think Styles just about edges it. Um, maybe due to Seidel not wrestling here in the second half of the year. Um, you kind of forget about people, don't you? It's like, <laughs> yeah. what have you done for me lately? Six, six months in, I think Seidel would probably be the leader for this. But um, it's not that run yeah, that AJ I'm, I'm going to give my vote to Styles. Yeah. Uh, so Styles wins, I guess. And finally, uh, we've got kind of uh, two twin awards, our kind of Wrestler of the Year ones. Um, we've got the British Wrestler of the Year, um, being the the Brit- the person from Britain who was the best wrestler this year. And then the UK scene wrestler of the year, who had the best year in terms of the work they did in the UK. Um, the distinction being, a lot of guys had very good years this year from the UK, but did large parts of it outside of the UK. Um, for example, Drew Galloway, or the person most in my mind, um, Zack Sabre Jr., um, who probably had most of his top top work outside of the, the UK, although he did still have a strong year in the UK too. Um, and then also, so, so that would kind of take him out of, uh, put him more in the, the British Wrestler of the Year side of things, while you've also got the UK Scene Wrestler of the Year, got a lot of guys like Champa, for example, from the US, but pretty much based himself in progress this year, so he'd qualify more for that, and you've also got AJ in there. Um, he has only had four matches in the UK scene this year, but um, four very strong matches. Um, so if we start off with the, the UK scene wrestler of the year, um, the guys I was thinking of, um, Will Ospreay, AJ Styles, Jimmy Havoc, and Mark Haskins. Um, I would go for Will Ospreay. Like, his quality and quantity of quality has just been outstanding. Like, everywhere he goes, he steals the show. And, like, it's very obvious that he is one of the best wrestlers in the world. That's what he's become now. Well, and, we, like, we talked quite a lot about this on the on the last podcast. I think we were kind of hinting towards, uh, yeah, we, we think Ospreay's the best, yeah. uh, best in the UK. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's both of us. <laughs> we, we we kind of uh, did did a bit of a tally. Yeah, I mentioned earlier that Osprey was my favourite guy in the UK scene at the moment. Um, I think Jimmy probably had a maybe had a better year last year. Um, maybe not actually. Uh, definitely in the early portions of the year, he had very good this year, but kind of tailed off. Yeah, with him Havoc doesn't have the, the quantity of. Uh, matches to really beat him, beat Osprey here. Although he's he's definitely got the character work yeah. over the top of Osprey. Um, that's definitely a plus in his his end. Uh, Styles definitely doesn't have the quantity in terms of high end quality. He's he's right up there matching with Osprey, but um, I think Osprey beats him out on quantity. And then Haskins, very strong year, but still a bit behind Osprey. I kind of had Haskins as a, like a distant second. I think if uh, if he'd have been wrestling the way he has been in the second half of the year for the whole year, he'd have pushed him a lot closer. But um, it, it is Osprey for me. 
quite easily. All in agreement yeah. then. Brecci Award winning Will Ospreay. <laughs> He'll be pleased. Um, sure. Sure he will be. Um, and then finally, the British Wrestler of the Year, which is obviously a similar conversation, but we've also got to bring in guys like Zack Sabre Jr. and Drew Galloway, although Zack's the one I think is the real contender there. Um, I think it's just the fact that he's he's had so many strong matches in so many different places. I mean, the... Uh, in PWG, for example, he had that great match with Roderick Strong. Uh, he had the the success uh, throughout Bowler. Uh, he's so consistently good throughout that. I thought the Marty Skill match there is probably Skill's best match of the year. Um, then you've got the stuff that he's done while he's been in the UK. That match with Champa, for example, was just terrific. Uh, and even though he's not been utilised particularly well in Noah, he's been consistently good whenever he's had a chance in singles and sort of on his way out the door on, on Noah uh, he had a, a phenomenally good match with uh, Yoshinori Ogawa who hasn't had a good match since the 90s um, <laughs> to, to kind of push him up towards the, the four mm. star region takes some doing uh, but that was a really really good match you've got to be a, a terrific technical wrestler to be able to pull off anything like these matches that he's had, I think he's had a, a tremendous year. I think he's some way ahead of Will Ospreay still. Um, I don't think there's anyone else out there that is uh, as technically proficient as him and has been as consistent as him in the ring this year. Even when we're talking about Ospreay, I think the the only place you can really compare Ospreay and, and Sabre was Bowler. And for me, like, like Sabre, every match he had was really strong. Osprey, his first match was great. And then there was a slight sort of downward trend from there. Uh, so for me, Sabre, Sabre all the way. Yeah, absolutely. Sabre Jr. has flown the flag pretty literally for British wrestling over three continents. Um, every time he gets a chance in Noah, he's always fantastic when he's not having to slum it with uh, Quiet Storm. In uh, the US, he's treated like a major star. <laughs> he's treated like a major star in the US, and he's done fantastically well there. Roderick Strong matches were really good, and I haven't even seen Bowler yet, so it can only improve. And even in the UK, he's done fantastically well. Um, his Strong Style uh, tournament uh, performance was really good. He had uh, like the great match with Tommaso Ciampa even before the end of the year in that Strong Style tournament. Uh, he had a great match with Zach Gibson, he had a good match with Marty Skrull, and he had that uh, almost star-making performance like, with Will Ospreay. Like, he made Will Ospreay that night. Ospreay needed to beat Sabre Jr. to set him up for Havoc, and that story worked fantastically well. So Sabre Jr. has just been doing whatever he needs to do in three continents and doing it fantastically well. He's an international man of four-star matches, and <laughs> wherever he p chooses to play his trade, in 2016, he's going to be fantastic there as well. Um, for me, pretty much a straight race between Osprey and Sabre Jr. Um, for me, it was very little between them. I think I actually preferred Osprey's year to to Sabre Jr.'s, even if I think I do still think of Sabre Jr. as a better wrestler. I think with, with um, Osprey, he's still kind of in his comfort zone. Whereas I think Sabre Jr. has gone beyond that and 
carried on achieving. I think Osprey needs to kind of have that breakout match somewhere outside of the UK. And while that, that match with Mark Andrews at Bowler was really good, he's had that match many, many times. He knew that was going to be easy going into it. And even the match with Seidel, he's had that before, no problem. But you could see him just struggling just a little bit outside of his comfort zone after that. So that's, for, for me, Sabre Jr. is ready. Osprey is almost ready to be at, at that level. I mean, it's easy to forget just how young Osprey is. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a baby face. I mean, is he 23 or 22? Uh, I think 23 oh, now, but... He's just a kid. He's years and years ahead of him. Like, to, to be even in contention as the... Wikipedia has him down as May 1993, which would put him at 22, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Math is hard, but yeah, 22, I think. <laughs> so... So university education. <laughs> I'm doing a math-related subject. <laughs> well. uh, um, but for him to be, like, this good at this age, and he is still improving. Um, I mean, I, I brought him up in the, the most improved, uh, even if he, I didn't think he quite deserved to win it. He is still getting better, and he's already great. Mm. Um I'm so excited to where he, he will eventually get to. Um and I I did I do think I would just just about take Osprey's year over Sabre Juniors, even if as a wrestler I would maybe take Sabre Junior over Osprey. But um e- either way, you two have you two have gone with Sabre Junior, so Sabre Junior it is. Um well, we did British sort wrestler of the year. Forget to mention uh, Adrian Neville or just Neville as he is now. He, yes. he has yes. done extremely well for himself out in the, the WWE, considering he's such a small guy. And I, th- I think watching him in, in the UK, we were like thinking, he's really great, but he probably shouldn't go to WWE because they won't know what to do with him. And while that has been true uh, to a degree, they don't really let, let him do a lot, he's still on Raw. And, you know... He's at least part of the show and hasn't yeah, he's, been he's there. jobbed out or... He's there, he's winning slammies. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't win a prestigious <laughs> Britty, but he won himself a slammy. <clears throat> he's, he's done very well in every opportunity he's had. Uh, he's been given. It's, it's certainly and... no fault of his own. And to, to be honest, would you want him in that toxic main event? It's probably better for him to be in the mid-card where he can shine rather than just be crushed under the weight just of all that carry bullshit. On. <laughs> Build the reputation. Build himself up. I'd, I'd rather see him slightly more pushed, so he's constantly featured in, like, um, you know, he's constantly given opportunities every month, whereas in, in the position he's currently in, he gets, like, once every three months or so, he really gets a chance to shine, and he has pretty much every time. Um, you're looking at the, the Cena matches, the Rollins matches that he had. Um, but he, he's definitely doing well for himself, and well deserves a shout out. For yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to go through without uh, mentioning him at all because he, he definitely deserves a, a nod. Right, so that wraps up the the inaugural edition <laughs> of the the British. Should we uh, list all the winners? Or... <laughs> yes, yes, 
very, it's a good, very it's a good job you wrote them down, Rob. That's most improved um, UK wrestler of the year, uh, Pastor William Eva. Breakout star of the year, Mark Haskins. Promotion of the year, Rev Pro. Tag team of the year, Sumerian Death Squad. Import of the year. Oh, I didn't write that one. It was AJ Styles. Styles, (laughs) Um, Oh, professionalism. Show of the year, Uprising. Uh, Match of the year, Will Ospreay versus Matt Seidel. Two at three falls from Summer Sizzler. Um, UK Scene Wrestler of the Year, Will Ospreay. And British Wrestler of the Year, Zack Sabre Jr. Gritty award-winning Zack Sabre Jr. He never won won the GHC Jr. title, but he won the the Britty. He won the Britty. Good for him. (laughs) Insert award music. Um... Right, so we, we've been going for a while now, but uh, I guess we can just quickly go over some uh, thoughts and predictions for 2016. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up is how many shows places like Progress and ICW are going to be running next year, and how it's going to be very interesting to see, because while previously people could fairly comfortably work all the big places, um, at the same time. Next year it's going to be tricky. Um, Progress are running I think it's 17 or 18 chapter shows next year. ICW are running um, I think it's going to be around 40 shows um, across the year. And a lot of them are crossing, uh, clashing with each other um, in a way they haven't in previous years because Progress has been running, say, Ten or nine shows a year, or whatever, um, and they they could uh, they could make sure to make sure they didn't clash. But um, well, there's only so many weekends in the year, aren't there? Exactly, and with the success that um, the scene as a whole is having, places are running more shows, and it, it's become inevitable that um, that we're going to have some clashes. So it we we've started to see that towards the end of this year. Uh, guys like Noam Dar um, have become, you know, they, they, they've stopped working progress um, so they could start working ICW. Um, Jimmy Havoc for for a while stopped working ICW until he left progress um, for this brief sabbatical, which we, we all assume he's coming back from soon. But when he does come back to progress, I imagine he'll then be um, no longer working ICW again, because you you can't be a regular for both Progress and ICW anymore, because you're going to miss too many shows um, for both promotions. Um, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how people, ha- how the different promotions cope with that, because you, you've kind of split the talent pool in half, in a way. In a way, it's kind of going to be Forcing more stars to be made uh, and more spots to be to be opened up, um, because where previously 
the top five British guys could work all the big promotions and be the top five guys in all the promotions. Now, say, a Marty Skrull can't be working Progress and ICW, so you're kind of doubling the top spots in a way. Um, I think ICW's done a really good job of building their own guys up so that the, the guys that they have there are perceived as stars by the fans. And the same could be said of, of like all three, but um, all, all three that we keep talking about. Um, but yeah, ICW in particular. Less so Rev Pro, I'd say. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely less so because they they rely far more on imports for their big shows. But they the fact that they they are kind of building people up from the inside, like Bodum, um, that kind of shows that they are, you know, wanting to create their own stars, which is something that's that nice to see. Rev Pro probably don't get enough credit for what they've done with Osprey as well, because um, mm. he was definitely a combination of Progress and Rev Pro. Um, Rev Pro did a lot for him, um, so you know he they should definitely get at least part of the credit for that. I don't think they started pushing him in Progress until that uh, he stole the Summer Sizzler away from Prince Devitt. Um like, sandwiched in between Nakamura, Sabre Jr., Devitt and Cole, and him and Robinson and um, the Irish guys had a tremendous match, and he definitely shined in And it in wasn't that. even Robinson. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was didn't like turn up, Mr. Moonsault. <laughs> Mr. Moonsault had one of our favourite matches of 2014. How about that? Yeah, that, that was kind of the, the moment where it all clicked for, for Osprey, at least in my mind. And from there, he became a, a centerpiece in both Rev Pro and Progress. Um, but yeah, we've kind of gone off on a tangent there somewhat. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> Roster splits. Roster Not everyone splits. being able go. to work uh, every Anything show. to add, Ollie? Um, well, there's already a little bit of that already. Like you said, Noam Dar leaving Progress for now so he could focus on uh, ICW. Um, Big Damo also did that. He hasn't been booked in uh, Progress, but has been a feature of ICW uh, in the latter half of the year. Um, will it kill Britress? Certainly not. But um, it's certainly something to watch out for. Like Some guys may make the switch, and it may be obvious that like they can't work both the south and the north of Britain at the same time. Um, but generally, as long as um, regions and companies build their own stars, and manage to fit around the guys who travel more around them, um, everything will be perfectly fine. We're not going to have to press a panic button or anything. Uh, well, I think with the with the Projo uh, churning out so much talent and Progress being willing to book uh, like younger, exciting uh, guys in their promotion and ICW themselves pushing people from within, I th they can... Uh, mutually coexist. They can run shows at the same time and it not interfere in the in the quality of them. Um, I think if uh, Rev Pro and, and Progress started booking at the same time, that would probably be a problem because I don't think you can have like Will Ospreay choosing between those two. I think it's going to make a you know it's going to damage uh, one or the other whoever he chooses. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, um, you kind of got. A little bit of a taste of that. Um, actually, the very start of this year, um, because uh, the Rev Pro TV taping was running um, opposite um, an Endeavor show, which is obviously 
far less of a problem than it would have been if it was a chapter show, but um, it it was definitely interesting to see because you had guys like Eddie Dennis who had been working quite a few Red Pro shows. He was over at Endeavour instead. Um, I do think with Progress and um, Red Pro, the scene isn't quite... Their, their rosters really do overlap too much that they'd be able to healthily both run big shows at the same time. I think that'd probably be impossible, uh, I think the wouldn't it? Quite there, yeah. Maybe, maybe at some point in the future, because it the scene is becoming deeper and deeper all the time, but uh, not yet, not yet. Um, I, I was looking up um, in terms of progress and ICW, their conflicts. Um, chapter 22 conflicted, chapter 23 conflicted, and in the near future, 25 and 27 will conflict. Wow. Um, I haven't looked beyond that because ICW don't have shows listed beyond that, apart from their, their biggest ones like Fear and Loathing. But um, it, it's definitely... Before 22, it rarely ever happened. Now it's looking to become the norm. They've kind of accepted that it's going to have to happen because, as you said, Arnold, there's there's a limited amount of weekends in a year um, and they're, they're simply running too well, many shows. If, if ICW is running point. 40 shows, um, that's that's leaving, like, what, 12 weekends open? Because, uh, I, mean, I mean, we're traveling and everything. Yeah, I mean... But... Is anyone really going to want? To, I mean, if you're kind of dividing fan bases in terms of like doing a big show on the same weekend, I if you kind of live around like where we all do, we kind of live in the middle. Are we want to going to go up to Scotland and then go all the way back down to London the next day, or vice versa? I, I don't think anyone's really want to going to do that. Well, maybe, maybe Mark Anthony, but then he'd be on holiday, so. <laughs> um. It's definitely something to, to keep an eye on um, going into 2016. I think if, if handled well, it could eventually be a plus. Um, because you could, especially like 2014 and prior, you could look at a guy like um, Marty Skrull. He was kind of a top guy everywhere um, in the UK. All the, all the bigger promotions in the UK used him as a one of their big guys. And now that he's becoming... He's probably not going to be working ICW. It's just opening up more spots for the younger guys that are coming through to to go into and, um, and flourish, hopefully. So, while maybe it's a short-term pain, you, you, you're you not going to see Noam Dar at Progress so much, and that, that's definitely a loss, but um, in the long run, it's probably just going to mean an even healthier UK scene, which is... Something we're all for. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think we should wrap it up right about now because it's uh, it's getting late. <laughs> We've been talking for over yeah. two hours. Yeah. Anything to plug, guys? Uh, well, the Twitter's uh, at Arnold Furious, and I'm up to hang on, let me check. Uh, two hundred and fifty-six followers. Oh, they cannot be Why? wrong. <laughs> that's it. That's all I'm going to plug. If they're all bots, they could be. Um, um, oh, there's some bots. At in least there. one of them's me. Everyone's got some bots. Yeah, one's Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can follow me at the. Oh, I always forget which way round this is. 
Uh, at the R double, no spaces or underscores or anything. Um, you can also catch up with everything I do. I I made a page because my plugs were getting a bit long on some of these shows. Um, if you go to about.me/slash/the-r-double, that's R-D-O-U-B-L-E. Okay. On uh, Twitter, I have my at is another Ollie, so go check that out. And if you check out your Figure Four weekly newsletter soon uh something may be appearing in that i don't know Ooh. <laughs> so, so you've written something. something from you or just something in general yeah something i wrote cool, <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah it, we definitely need to wrap up so, uh, i've, thanks I've for listening, thoroughly everyone. enjoyed this and, oh yeah thanks for listening here here's to to another year of this uh britties play, play us out with the, with the britties theme music <laughs> <laughs> um thanks for listening and um yeah probably see you later this month after the rev pro shows we'll probably preview the the progress shows that are running later in january and review the the rev pro high stakes show um yeah bye bye see Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.